This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. I'm sure we'll have lots to reflect on as we move through this series on blessings. Um, But there you have the background. And uh, so as we move forward, we're going to work through the book of Ephesians. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about the city, give you a little bit of background information. And uh, I left some space on your notes that you can write down kind of whatever you want to write down. The book of Ephesians in the Bible was written to the church that was in the city of Ephesus. Now, Ephesus, the ancient city of Ephesus, is in the modern-day country of Turkey. It was, if you wanted to write down two words that you could connect with the city of Ephesus, the first would be the word wealthy. It was a very, very wealthy city. I have been to the ruins of Ephesus. And I can assure you it was a fabulously wealthy city. It was built uh, around a harbor. And there was a main road that went up from the harbor right through the heart of the city. And there were uh, merchant shops all along that main road. And it led up to a beautiful community center that had public restrooms. And and it had actually a sauna with three different temperatures in the sauna. For those who wanted the really hot You could be here, and there was medium next to that, and there was kind of warm after that. The community restrooms uh, had running water that went through them that automatically flushed them. We're talking about, and guess what? The road, the shops, the curbs, the community restrooms, the sauna, all built out of marble. Unbelievably wealthy city. Second word you could write down is the word Artemis, spelled A-R-T-I-M-E-S. The city of Ephesus was the site of one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was the site of the temple to the Greek goddess Artemis, who was uh, considered to be the daughter of Zeus and the twin sister of Apollo. One of the most venerated and revered of all the Greek deities. And this temple was world-renowned. People came from all over the world just to look at its beauty. And the local merchants sold images, little images of the Greek goddess Artemis. And, they, and they, that's where they made a ton of their wealth as well as the trade that came through the harbor and, and on into the rest of of the country. It was an amazing place. Um, But there's something else that you should know about this city, okay? And that is the church that was in it was established by the Apostle Paul, the fellow who is writing the book of Ephesians as God directs him. And he founded the church And then it was aided by some wonderful church leaders, Aquila, Priscilla, and a guy by the name of Apollos. And the church grew very, very rapidly, and it began to have tremendous influence in the city, even so much so 
that because a major portion of the city became Christians, they no longer worshipped the goddess Artemis. Obviously, they worshipped Jehovah. And because they no longer worshipped the goddess Artemis, they quit buying these little images and artifacts that the merchants were making, and it began to have a serious impact on the economy of the city. And so the guys who made the images all got together and they started a riot which threw the whole city into tumult. And it was a, you can read about it in the book of Acts. It was quite a thing and, and, and out of it Paul finally left the city so the Christians could have some peace. But this was a very growing, very productive, wonderful community of faith where people were being changed from, from pagan worshipers and all the horrible stuff that went on in pagan worship into the beautiful things that come when we follow Christ. Now, Paul wrote this particular book from prison. He was in prison in Rome. He had been put in prison on false charges. Basically, he was put in prison because he was a Christian, and he was awaiting trial before Caesar, hoping to be delivered. And that imprisonment lasted several years. So while he was in prison, he writes this book, and that makes its theme all the more interesting. Let's take a look at the theme of the book. The theme is God's people are a blessed people. A blessed people. Here's how he starts. After basically like you, you and I would say, dear people from the church at Ephesus, in those days, in, in those times, they would say that, and then they would say grace and peace to you. That was their formal greeting. And then here it is. Let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for in our union with Christ, He has blessed us by giving us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly world. Wow. I want you to underline, He has blessed us by giving us every spiritual blessing. Does that sound like that comes from the heart of someone who's grateful and happy? It does, doesn't it? And yet this guy's in prison. Because the great thing about the blessings that God gives us is they are blessings irrespective of our circumstances in life. Some of us this morning have come... And, and life is tough for us right now. Some of us have lost jobs. Some of us have lost homes. Some of us are going through real significant challenges with our health. Or we're married to someone who's going through real significant, maybe even life-endangering challenges with their health. And so it's a tough period for us. Others of us have brand new jobs or have just received promotions or, or, or we've just learned that we're going to have a baby or whatever else it is. And life is really great. But whether we're on the great end of the scale or we're on the struggling end of the scale, God wants us to know that the blessings He gives work all the way from prison to promotion. It covers the whole thing. Now, in just, that's verse 3. In the next four verses, verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, Paul enumerates no less than 10 blessings we have in Christ. And he's just getting started. In the rest of the book, he lays out blessing after blessing after blessing. But I wanted to read to you just those 10 blessings that he enumerates in the next four verses. Number one, Blessing number one, God loves us. We've been blessed by the love 
of a heavenly Father. Number two, God has chosen us to be His people. We've been blessed to be chosen by God Almighty. Number three, God decided to make us holy in His eyes. You ever look in the mirror and go, Oh, what happened? We all have that. And the longer you live, the more often you get that look. If you put your glasses on. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now that's, imagine what it would be like if God gave us a spiritual mirror and we were able to look in the spiritual mirror and see everything we had done in our life and it was brought up before us in living color. Wow. But the great thing is through Christ, God decided to make us holy, not just leave us as we were. Blessing number four, God has adopted us into His family. I was praying this morning about that and just thanking God that I was His kid, that I was His son, that that He was my Father. Number five, God extended to us His grace and not His justice. Be a whole different world if he had gave us, given us justice. God purchased our freedom from, from sin's domination in our lives. Yeah. We don't have to be living in sin, no matter what it is. God has given us freedom from that if we'll claim it. Number, number six, uh, number seven, God purchased the forgiveness of our sins. Not only does He free us from the domination of sin, He forgives us of the sins we've already committed. Number eight, God showers us with kindness. Number nine, God showers us with, us with wisdom. And number ten, God showers us with understanding. Four verses, ten blessings, and there are six chapters in this book. Now, as we work our way through the devotional, we're going to focus on 21 different blessings that God gives us as we follow Christ. And my prayer, and I believe God's will for us as a church, is that we would come out of this with a wonderful understanding that God's people are what kind of a people? A blessed People. I want you to say that out loud with me, would you please? Not just that, I'll give it to you because I want you to personalize it. I want you to say, I am a blessed person. Can we say that together? Let's do. I am a blessed person. And we are. But those blessings have to be received in a couple of contexts or they don't remain blessings. And it's important that we understand, and Paul goes right to what those contexts are, that we have to receive those blessings. So the first context is this, the context of grace. Paul lays it out like this, God's people are blessed because of His grace and not because they have earned them. Here's how Paul writes it in Ephesians chapter 2. God's mercy is so abundant, and His love for us is so great. You can underline mercy and love, because those are key components of grace. That while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, He brought us to life with Christ. Wow. What were we? Spiritually 
dead. What did He do for us? Made us spiritually alive. He goes on to say, It is by God's grace that you have been saved. He did this to demonstrate for all time to come the extraordinary greatness of His grace in the love He showed us in Christ Jesus. And then he reiterates one more time, For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift, so that no one can boast about it. Let me give you the truth applied, then I want to tell you a story. The truth applied is this. Blessings remain blessings only when we keep them free from what? Personal pride. Ask any kid, or virtually any kid, what is the best day of the year, and what are they likely to say? Yeah. And that's because we remember Jesus' birth, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) Presents, right? This is the best. It's the happiest day of the year. And we, all of us who have had children can remember Christmases that started out to be the best day of the year only to end up in tears. Right? The kids are unwrapping toys. Are these toys they have bought or toys that are given to them? Toys that are given to them. Are, are these toys that they have earned or are these, toy, these toys that they haven't really earned? Because we all know if Santa Claus gave toys only to kids who were good all year long, no one would get any, right? I could be Santa Claus on that night, right? There's nothing to deliver. So they didn't buy them. They haven't earned them. But they get them. Because of the parents' love and the parents' grace. And things are going really well until personal pride creeps in. And one child looks at another and goes, My toy is better than yours. And they begin to make fun of the other child's toy and talk about how great their toy is. And once you introduce personal pride, it's all downhill from there, isn't it? Yeah. Now, can I tell you, as adults, we don't quite grow out of that. Did you see it here at the table? My car is better than that clunker I parked next to. Right? My job My third wife is better than your first wife. Did you catch that? Yeah. The first thing that God wants us to know, He's going to lay out all these blessings that are ours in Christ. But He wants us to know that unless we receive them in the context of grace, the blessings become a curse. And they set us at odds with other people in our world. But when I understand 
that I am God's child. I've been adopted into God's family. I've been delivered from the sin in my life. I, I have been given a destiny in heaven. My heart is being changed day after day after day. I've been blessed with wonderful brothers and sisters in the church and even outside this church. Blessing after blessing after blessing is mine, not because of who I am. In fact, the truth is, blessing after blessing is mine in spite of who I am sometimes. I've been blessed because God has been gracious to me. Can you say that with me? Let's say it together. I've been blessed because God has been gracious to me. And friends, when we receive our blessings in the context of grace, they bless us. They really do. There's a second context in which we must receive blessing in order for it to remain a blessing in our lives. And that that second context is the context of purpose. We've been blessed. Why? So we can be uh, a blessing. Paul writes it like this. This is the very next verse. After he says, it's by grace you have been saved. He says, God made us what we are. And in our union with Christ, here's what I want you to underline. Jesus, with with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds. That's our purpose. In Christ, we have been created for a life of good deeds, which He has already prepared for us to do. And by the way, are these good deeds things I do for myself? I think it's implied that it's, oh good, I get to do some another thing for me. No, no, that's not what he's talking about. It's this wonderful life of good deeds. That is our purpose. Now here's the truth applied. Blessings remain blessings only when we generously share them with others. I want to challenge you with this thought. Everyone sitting in the audience this morning has a dominant flow to your life. When you came to church this morning, if the dominant flow of your life is inward, you came and when the worship band walked out on stage, your first thought was, do I like this song or do I not? Who spoke to me? Who didn't speak to me? Am I, am I going to like what the pastor says today or am I not going to like what the pastor says to me? Is the pastor going to hug me or is he going to miss me this morning? Yeah. See, if the dominant flow of your life is inward, when you go to work and you get a raise, the first thing you think of is what can I buy for me? Now, I, I want to challenge you with that. By the way, that's a big challenge for me too. Because Christ has called us to have a dominant flow that goes out, not in. And, and when we wake up in the morning, it's not, what can I do for me today? It's, what can I do in this day to bless someone else? When I get a car, what can I do with this car to bless someone else? 
when God gives me a house, what can I do with the house to bless someone else? When God gives me a raise at work, what can I do with this raise that will bless someone else? When God gives me a talent, something I can do better than most people can do, what can I do with this talent that will bless other people? And I'm, I'm going to give us some space in just a minute to process that. Because that, that's a big, big question. But blessings remain blessings only, only when the dominant flow of my life is outward. When I teach couples that are getting married, one of the principles that I teach them and sometimes put in the wedding ceremony is this. In life, it's more important to be the right person in a marriage than it is to find the right person in marriage. Just chew on that for a minute. I want to take that same principle and apply it to blessings. In life, it's more important to be a blessing than it is to receive a blessing. And when we live, it's an amazing thing that happens. When I live from the mindset of it's more important for me to be a blessing and I get up and I just am a blessing, what happens in my life? Blessings flow into my life. That's the way God wired it. Yeah. I want you to say this out loud with me. It's our final truth that we're going to declare this morning. I have been blessed so I can bless others. Ready? Let's say it together. I have been blessed so I can bless others. As we close, we have some business to take care of with God. And so I want to give you our closing thought. And the closing thought is this. God's blessings come through our union with Christ. They begin with the blessing. Friend, you could live your entire life and try to do everything right and try to be the best moral person you could ever be and live with great ethics and live unselfishly. But the bottom line is the Bible over and over again says if you want blessings that go above and beyond the general blessings that everyone gets, God has His best blessings reserved for those who have chosen to follow Jesus and to become Christians. And that's not only where his best blessings are reserved, it's where his eternal blessings are reserved. So if you want to be blessed not only in this life, but in the life to come, it starts with your union with Christ, which is why on two different occasions this morning, as I was reading about those blessings, two different occasions, it talks about our union with Christ. So action point number one is for anyone in our audience this morning who has never made that choice yet. You're obviously at church. You're obviously listening. You're obviously saying, God, speak to me. I want to learn something today. Well, it begins by making a choice. And that choice is, I'm going to take this life, the one and only life I get on this earth, and I'm going to put it in, in the care of Christ, and I'm going to follow Him because I understand He is my Savior and the one who will give me life, the one who will take me and make me alive, the one who will show me how to live here, and the one who will give me life in eternity. 
And it's important for you to take your life and join it to Christ's. And you can do that this morning on the communication card that was in your program. There's a place for you to indicate, I want to come into a personal relationship with God. That's what that's all about. So I want to encourage you to make that decision if you haven't. Now for those of us who've already made that decision, we have two things to do. Number one, we have an inventory to take. Most of us have a car. Most of us have a home. We all have gifts and skills and talents. We, we, we've been given blessings. It's important for us to inventory right now and say and ask ourselves the question, what am I doing right now with the blessings God has already given me? What am I doing with those to generously bless others with them? And then we have a second inventory to take. For those of you who are new and maybe you've been invited to church for the very first time today uh, by a friend, I want you to know that your friend didn't invite you to church this morning because they want to make you religious. They invited you to church this morning because they have found in Christ a way to live that genuinely blesses them and they don't want you to miss out on it. That's why they invited you here. And it's my prayer that you hear that message loud and clear this morning. So what's the second inventory that those of us who are followers of Christ can make? Here it is. What person or what people in my world should I be inviting to come and hear this message? Because if I don't invite them, they might live their entire lifetime and never hear it. That's the greatest blessing you could ever share with anyone is the message of Jesus. So I'm going to give us maybe 30 or 45 seconds of, of just quiet. And I want to encourage you to take the bottom of your notes and write out, this is my plan of action. You can write some names of people that you want to invite. You might Maybe God's brought to mind something that he's blessed you with that right now the flow of that is inward. It's yours and you use it only for you. Um, I'll be quiet. Let you work and do your work with God. Lord, in the stillness of this moment, we do our business with you. Would you take now the teaching from your word and make it part of our lives? This might not just be something we learn today that, Lord, we could take real inventory of the blessings you have given and then we could inventory what we're doing with them to really bring blessing into the lives of others. The Lord, we could take inventory of our lives and, and we could hear and see the, the names and the faces of people that are not yet connected with you, people you love, people we love, people we know, people you know. And Lord, would you enable us, uh, those of us who have never had our lives joined with you, God, would you just call us to make that decision this morning so that we could live the rest of our lives connected to you, 
so that you could begin to work in our hearts and lives and you could bring about in us these wonderful blessings that are reserved for those who follow Christ. And Lord, as we leave from this place in a few minutes and, and we take this daily devotional, would you speak into our lives every day? Call us to that personal appointment with you that we might really hear your voice. And then, Lord, would you gather us back together again tonight for a great time of just blessing you as we have been blessed. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.